Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Coming up, we're going to uh, talk to a player who's perfect so far this season. The Cowboys kicker, Brandon Aubrey, will join us coming up in a moment. I believe a 28-year-old rookie, Dean Blandino, uh, Fox NFL Rules analyst, former head of NFL officials, will join us. The controversy... Uh, has died down a little bit with the Chiefs, with the loss to the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs, Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes walking back some of their comments uh, in the moment after that loss. Tom Verducci, MLB Network, and uh, had a deep dive on the Dodgers and Shohei Otani and the fact that Otani has nine teammates who will make more than he does this year since he's only going to make $2 million. Now, down the road, in retirement, He's going to make a whole lot more money than his teammates there. But we'll talk to Verducci about how the Dodgers pulled this off. By the way, Shohei Otani and his agent did offer this sort of same structure with this, uh, that any team he was going to, that this is what he wanted to do because he wanted to make sure his team had some uh, financial fluidity to be able to go out, make sure that the farm system is well-stocked, that their you know, team is going to be great or potentially great. For uh, a decade. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. And uh, let's see, special gift set, danpatrick.com. Moonshine four pack, your chance to get some of the flavors you may have missed out cinnamon apple, salted caramel, pumpkin spice, and the newest flavor, peppermint bark. All of that available at danpatrick.com. Before we get to Mr. Perfect, uh, Seton, would you give us the poll question for hour two? Hour two, we're putting up there the New York Giants should dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. uh, move forward with Tommy DeVito. Play Daniel Jones one more year with DeVito on the bench or find a new quarterback altogether. Oh, okay. I'm going to guess recency bias and you're going to stay with Tommy DeVito. You think so? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, the Giants beat the Packers 24-22 uh, and uh, the Titans, surprise, surprise, came back to beat the Dolphins 
The Dolphins now nine and four. And you were talking about maybe having, you know, number one seed here. Now the Ravens have a full game advantage there. All right. He's Brandon Aubrey, Cowboys kicker, former uh, pro soccer player, played in the USFL, went to Notre Dame, won a national championship there. He joins us on the program. How did this happen? How do you explain this? Yeah, um, just a, a lot of hard work, a lot of figuring it out as you go. And um, obviously the soccer career didn't end the way I wanted it to. And um, just figured out it was time to pivot when, with what um, I went to school for, got my degree in computer science, worked as a software engineer for a couple of years and realized at that time that, you know, that wasn't quite for me and wanted to go back into sports, figured soccer probably wasn't it for me. So just went down um, the, the football path and three or four years later, here I am. Okay. But you pivot to kick professionally. I mean, that's a, does somebody tell you, Hey, you know what, if I were you, uh, maybe, uh, maybe you try being a place kicker. Yeah. Um, so the story is um, my wife, actually, we were just sitting there watching football uh, like we did every Sunday. And she mentioned to me in passing, hey, I think you could do that. And, you know, obviously, having been a professional athlete, I thought she was crazy. I, I knew how much work it took to become a professional soccer player and take just as amount um, of hard work to become a professional anything. So um, at that time, just kind of got a ball and went to the field and tried to see if I could do it. And it looked like I had a, a little bit of talent for it. So just found a local coach in the area and just started grinding at it. But when you went to Notre Dame, did you think about kicking for the football team? No, not once. Ever crossed my mind. When did you realize you could kick professionally? Um, That's tough to say. Uh, when I went out to the field for the first time, Obviously, off of sticks and you're out on a field on your own, no rush, nothing like that. Um, I, I had some success just messing around on the field, and I figured, you know, I've got nothing to lose. Um, can spare some uh, of my free time to work at it while uh, I don't have any kids, don't have any real commitments. So um, just spent a lot of time grinding there and found a, a coach who works with a lot of high school kids that are trying to make it to D1. Um, and he was honest with me, mentioned that he thinks I have the talent, but my story's a long shot. It's going to be a lot of hard work, a lot of time, a lot of energy. And if I was willing to put it in, he'd put it in with me and we'd see where we could get with it. What did it feel like that first kick you made? It was unreal. Um, going back to the USFL would be my first kick in a, in a live setting. Just a really surreal moment for me. It was an extra point. Um, in the opening game of the USFL. So it was, it was an awesome opportunity, grateful to have it, and made me think, you know, maybe I can do this. Yeah, but okay, you're, you're kicking for the Cowboys. You know, you're, yeah. I'm going to guess that was your favorite team growing up. All of a sudden, you're out there kicking. You've got yeah, the star absolutely. on your helmet. I mean, the whole thing here. What's that like yeah. when you walk on the field and you get ready to kick for the first time? Yeah, I took, took a moment. After warm-ups, because as a specialist, you go out there and you warm up just about an hour before everyone else does. So after I was done warming up, took that moment to look around the stadium. It was MetLife um, for Sunday night football and just uh, <laughs> take it all in, try and appreciate where I'm at. And honestly, it really still feels like a dream. It doesn't feel like reality. Just trying to take it day by day and really just go out there and, and do my job. 
Have you made a tackle yet in the NFL? No, not yet. Do you plan on making a tackle in the NFL? Not if I can help it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you practice? Like, Have you tackled anybody before? Yeah, so in the USFL, we kicked off from the 20-yard line. Um, oh, okay. And a lot of opportunities to make tackles. I think I made two or three in, in the second season. What's the difference in kicking a soccer ball and a football? There's not a lot of difference physically. Obviously, the shape of the ball is different, but the form is very similar. There's a million different ways you can kick a soccer ball. So um, you never really master one like you truly do with football uh, because I'm going out there and hitting the ball the same way every time. So there's just a little more um, emphasis on mastering that one thing versus kind of being jack of all trades, hitting the ball a million different ways. What's the longest field goal you've hit in practice? Yeah, in practice, 68, 69, around there. <laughs> how how many tickets do you have to get for the family? Um, varies week to week. Six is the the average, I'd say. But um, any week it, it spikes way up. So this this week I had all of my dad's family in town, and is around fifteen tickets. He's uh, Brandon Aubrey, the Cowboys kicker, and uh, most consecutive field goals to start a career thirty, and. Uh, First kicker with multiple 59 or longer field goals in a game. Seems to be, you know, this this pretty easy for you. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Um, I've just been given opportunity with a coaching staff that believes in me. Um, obviously, to kick a 60-yard field goal in the first quarter isn't something that happens often. Um, and just to be given the opportunity to do that um, speaks volumes of the coaching staff's trust in me and that inspires confidence. So just going out there and being free, knowing that the coaching staff believes in me and has my back allows me to perform free and not worry about the consequences of making a mistake. What's your nickname? Um, Butter Aubrey. Butter. Yeah. Who gave you that? Uh, it would be Dak. Okay. When did he find out your name? How long uh, before he realized who who you were? Um, I think he, he knew who I was in, in training camp. Uh, I had known him before camp. Um, actually, the kicking coach that I, I found in the area happened to be connected with him. He was mm. his college um, roommate and teammate at the time, which kind of a s small world on that front. That's pretty cool. Uh, better soccer player, Ronaldo or Messi? I think Messi. Your game, is it more like Messi's or was it more like Ronaldo? Mine was more like Ronaldo. We can't all have <laughs> the ability that Messi has on the ball. It's just kind of stuck to his foot like a, a ball on a string. Can you explain Messi, his, his greatness? He's, he's truly um, one of a kind. He's, he's a gym to watch. Um, thankful he's in the U.S., so the American population that is starting to attach itself to soccer can really appreciate just the level of talent he has and that we need to uh, produce in, in, in our country that if we want to compete on a world world stage, which we're getting way, way closer to than we had when um, I was growing up, which is it's awesome to see. Now, you got the Dolphins in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think if you leave messy tickets... <laughs> What do you think? Yeah, awesome. What do you think? Uh, if he wants them, he can have them. All right. 
right. Uh, could Messi or Ronaldo or Beckham, could they have done what you've, you're doing? Yeah, I, I think so. They are truly world-class athletes, the top of their game. Um, I, I believe people like that, if you put any sort of challenge in front of them, they'll find a way to be the best in the world at it. So I think they could have done just about anything they put their minds to. Great to talk to you. And uh, yeah, con- continued success. Uh, what, your uh, your alma mater lost the soccer championship to Clemson last night? Is that right? Yeah, that was a, a tough result. Those boys put in a lot of hard work, and um, I think they're starting to build a, a true powerhouse program, and they'll be back. Well, if that's the worst part of your year, that's not a bad year to have. <laughs> yeah. So uh, happy Absolutely. holidays to you and uh, continued success. Thank you. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Brandon Aubrey, the uh, Cowboys kicker. He's 30 for 30. That's nuts. Yeah. He's perfect. Like, how many people can show up and go, yeah, I'm perfect. Yeah, Paul. I, I, I didn't know the backstory about his wife saying, why don't you go out there and give it a shot while they're watching football on a Sunday. I'd heard that he, he tried it. I thought it was just a natural morphing. Maybe he did it. He had kicked in high school and he brought it back. Um, but that'd be cool. You go to Miami and all of a sudden you leave some tickets for Messi and see, you know, like Jerry Glanville used to leave tickets for Elvis when uh, Elvis was not with us any longer, but he'd leave tickets. So Brandon, I leave tickets for Messi. Just say, Hey, maybe come out and, uh, you know, watch somebody who's perfect. Yeah, Paul. This sets up for one of those Dennis Quaid type Disney sports movies. Quaid's too old. No, no, Dennis Quaid can't do it. I know not Dennis Quaid, but like the 28 year old rookie kicker. If the Cowboys, he wins the Super Bowl. This has got Zach Efron, Zach Efron written all, yeah, Zach Efron, no doubt. All over. <laughs> yes, Seaton. Dennis Quaid is the old school coach going a soccer player. A so- <laughs> no way a soccer player stepping foot on my field. <laughs> you know great. what I mean? Dennis Quaid could be that old Henri coach. Well, no, there's a football field. You know who I would get? Play the the old football coach, Shea and Irving. Oh, <laughs> got the voice. <laughs> Maybe Tommy Lee Jones could be in there as a. Team owner. Yeah, maybe. Not on my watch. Yeah. Shea and Irving. A soccer player? <laughs> yeah, the football field. He seemed pretty matter-of-fact about this. Like, I mean, this is crazy. You go play soccer at Notre Dame, and then you're like, uh, I can't play soccer anymore. And now I'm going to go to uh, the USFL. Uh, yeah. You know what? Maybe I try it for the Cowboys. Sure. Why not? Yes. Yes, Mark. And the fact that his wife was the one that said, you can do that, while most wives are looking at their husbands like, all right, relax, high school hero. That was about 20 years ago. Just sit on the couch and relax with me. Yeah, you're going to pull a groin here. Yes, Eaton. It's crazy, too, that, I mean, he worked his whole life to become a soccer player, right? And then on a whim became the kicker for the Cowboys and has probably made more money in his whole career kicking for the Cowboys than he did playing soccer. And he's going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and he, he worked his whole life yeah. to play soccer, and now he's just like, ah, okay, I guess I'll try the NFL. This one feels a little more amazing than the Tommy DeVito Easy. story. I'm Easy. just saying. Easy. Just saying. How dare you. If, if uh, Brandon <laughs> Aubrey was named Tommy DeVito, and he was, uh, you know, kicking cutlets, and he <laughs> <laughs> kicking cutlets. Yeah, Paul. Do you think this seat, I'm going to ask you, do you think this could have some trickle down if his story gets big and he becomes a pro bowler, an all pro, that more high school kids, soccer kids will try this because you don't need to make tackles to be a kicker. Occasionally you have to, but if you can make the field goals, they'll work around that tackling stuff. I think it already is a yeah, thing. Yeah, I would think. I, th- I think soccer players already do do that. 
do-do. Do-do that. Yeah. I mean, right, Pat McAfee was a soccer player, and then he decided to start punting. All right, some phone calls here. We'll talk to Dean Blandino, the uh, Fox NFL rules analyst here. Nathan in Texas leads us off hour two. Hi, Nate. Hey, what's up, Dan? Uh, I always get really nervous, so bear with me. Okay. Uh, I got a pie in the face bet. I want to start that off, and I also have a statement or a question, really. Um, so my pie in the face bet, last year I lost to Fritzy uh, that the Cowboys were going to make it to the Super Bowl, and uh, the bet was if I lost, uh, you know, I take one pie. If he lost, he take two pies. So I ended up losing. I felt bad. So I was like, I'm going to do two pies. So I did two pies. Um, I ended up sending that video in. I'm not sure if you guys got it or not. Um, Tyler said he doesn't think so. It's actually really funny because a lot like Fritzy, I have no friends and I had to do it by myself. I tried uh, getting a, a girl that I like to do it with me, but she, she thought it was lame. So, I, you know, uh, typical wow. Dan Patrick fashion. Wow. So another, um, my question is, why does everyone defend the Eagles? Um, as a Cowboys fan, we played the exact same teams as the Eagles, and we blew them out while the Eagles had to scrape the wins. And it just feels that, you know, everyone wants to defend the Eagles, saying they're resilient, they're this, they're that, they find a way to win. Well, wait, wait, hold on, Nate. You're going to get a pie to the face right now if you were here in front of me. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Whatever it is, I'll be happy with it. They, they went to the Super Bowl. So yeah. it, uh, the Cowboys haven't done anything. I, I'm, I'm about to be 26. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Your entire life, they've never won anything for you. And, and that's and that's sad. But okay, does nobody remember the 2020 Steelers when they went 10 and two, and it, it was a Fugazi team? It's the same thing with the the Eagles last year. Who do they beat? It, it, and I will say this, Dan. Well, they only- nearly beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were a call or two away. And Nate, I'm going to have to hang up on you. You know, here we go with the Cowboy fans. Yeah, you know what? If you can't complain about Cowboy coverage. All right, you get enough coverage, you get enough. Just flip around the dial. Somebody's saying something nice about the Cowboys. Thank you, Nate. Man. Why doesn't anybody talk about the Cowboys as a hot take? (laughs) You guys never talk about the Cowboys. Yeah, we do. We do. We don't go out of our way to do it. But when it's warranted, we do. I think the Cowboys, if the Cowboys went to the title game, I would not be surprised at all. They're a really good team. By now, they should be. They should be an elite team. But, you know, you can't sit there and go, well, people keep making excuses for the Eagles. They did get to the Super Bowl. Who they beat, I don't know, but they beat who was ever in front of them. But I can't say that for the Cowboys. So if the Cowboys get there, they go through the Eagles or they go through the Niners, good for them. Let's take a break. What did Dean Blandino, Fox NFL rules analyst, see during the Chiefs game? And what should the officials have done in the moment? We'll take a break. We're back after this. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? 
Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Foley and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I even mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, or you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories. For 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. By the way, the Titans rallied from 14 down in the final two minutes and 40 seconds to beat the Dolphins. The Titans are the first team in 23 years to rally from a deficit of 14 or more 
in the final three minutes to win a game in regulation. We make way for uh, Dean Blandino, the Fox NFL rules analyst, former vice president of NFL officiating, joining us on the program. Good to see you again. Let me start at the line of scrimmage in that moment with Kadarius Toney and the role that the official plays when he sees that Tony is offside. So you see this throughout the game. And, and so line of scrimmage officials, receivers, there's that communication, a lot of it nonverbal. The receiver will look to the official. The official will make sure the receiver understands where the line of scrimmage is. And a lot of it is, I'm a receiver. I know I have to be off the line of scrimmage or on the line of scrimmage. So I look to the official. The official shows me with their leg, their foot, their front foot. Here's the line of scrimmage, and you can line up accordingly. And so in a situation like that, you're going to have that nonverbal communication. But when you're lining up offside, and as, as blatant as it was and as obvious as it was, you know, early in the game, if it's close, marginal, you'll warn the player. But in a situation like that, when you're that offside, you're going to get the call, whether it's in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. What if Tony looks to the official and asks for help in that moment? Yeah, and the official should give that give that help to that player. And I, I've seen some video, you know, online where there's there there's one shot. I don't know where the camera came from, but it looks like Tony quickly looks to the sideline. That is so fast. There's no way that he could have gotten any acknowledgement from the official with just a quick cursory glance over there. Typically, you'll see that with the receivers that are closer to the sideline and they'll look and they may even adjust their position based on what the official, you know, what they're getting from the official. But the official will give that help if the help is, you know, is asked for. Well, I mentioned this, that the official doesn't want to make that call. I mean, it's an incredible play. You don't want to be the story. And that's why, you know, Mahomes and Andy Reid were so upset that the officials and, you know, they make mistakes and, you know, they're going to be fine for the comments that they made. But an official, I don't think, goes, man, I haven't I haven't thrown a flag in a while. I'd like to get a little airtime here. No, no. And especially a line of scrimmage official, you're not even getting the airtime. You're giving the referee the airtime because you don't even get to make the announcement. But the thing is, a, a foul like that, that's a foul at the snap. The official throws the flag immediately once the ball is snapped. They have no idea that this is going to be an incredible play with Travis Kelsey throwing the ball back to Tony. They just see what they see. They see a violation. They throw the flag. They officiate the rest of the play. And I think all of those factors just led to this being controversial. Because if that's just an incomplete pass, it's not this, it's not this gigantic thing that we're all still talking about. Was this a point of emphasis for officials this year? It, it was. You know, when you look at offensive offside, that is not a call that had been made going into this season very often. From 2015 to 2022, the, all of those years, there was only 14 across the entire league. This year with the Tony penalty, there's already been 13. And this, to me, comes from the tush push, the brotherly shove, that play the officiating department has really put an emphasis on officiating the line of scrimmage more closely with players on and offside. And I think we've seen that. Now it's bled over to these other areas that are not tush-push plays, but we're seeing, like you said, 13 in one year compared to the eight previous years, there only being 14 total. It's, it's clearly a point of emphasis. Explain to me, and we saw this with the Chiefs opening night where their tackles seemed like they were back further. It's almost as if 
the NFL is trying to give them a little bit of a head start to help against these edge rushers who are clearly more athletic than them. Uh, is that a point of emphasis to allow the tackles to be back a little bit more than maybe they should be? They're not on the line of scrimmage. They're not. You watch the play with Tony. Look at the right tackle. Look at Taylor on that play. He's he's so far back, and they're both supposed to be on the line of scrimmage. So I think that that has been less emphasized. It started right. Remember Lions Chiefs opening night. We had the whole whole thing with Taylor not lining up on the line of scrimmage. So I think we are seeing less less restrictive in that area. And like you said, that's a key thing. When you talk about the offensive line versus the defensive line, the defensive line is winning more often than not. Scoring is down. Passing yards are down. So you're going to give those tackles. I think the league is making that you know known to the officials. Don't be overly technical. Let the tackle have a little bit of that head start. But again, You've got that part of it, and now you're officiating the other part, being on the line for receivers and other players, the tush-push play, more closely. And I think that's where teams sometimes struggle with the consistency. We're talking to Dean Blandino, Fox NFL Rules Analyst, former vice president of NFL officiating. What um, What's your biggest concern with officiating? I mean, I, let me tell you mine, and that is it has to do with gambling. So when there is a, a call, that it's not just – Fan emotion. Now there's money at stake here. And I, I just, we're, we're headed towards something here. We, we are. And I, I worry about with these officials that they're trying to do a job that is almost impossible to be perfect. Uh, how big of a concern should that be? I think, it's a, I think it should be a very big concern. And you said it, they're trying to be perfect. And that's the standard for officiating. We, we, we are less... We're less accepting of a missed call as we are, you know, a drop pass or a missed block or or a wrong call on fourth down going forward or not. And no one's perfect. They can never reach that standard. And you hit the nail on the head with gambling because 25 years ago, right, the NFL didn't have to worry about gambling, right? That's illegal. That's not part of now it's legal. Now the NFL, you can't watch a game without seeing these gambling ads, the betting ads. We're, We're playing the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. We've got a team in Las Vegas, which 20 years ago, you would have, I would have never even guessed that. So you absolutely have to worry about these things and you have to give the officials better direction, make sure we can get the calls on the field correct, mitigate mistakes, and also use technology. I feel like we're using technology in some areas where it's probably not as important. We're moving the ball a yard here, maybe, maybe taking a couple of seconds off the clock in the third quarter. But let's get the big plays right. Let's mitigate those game-changing mistakes. I also wonder, when you spoke to officials, it's almost like I can throw a flag and I can pick it up. Therefore, I can kind of protect myself. You're asking for the home office to give you some help in the moment with these calls. Are we going to get to the point where everything is reviewed? Like getting the call right, is that's paramount here. It, it is paramount, but I think it's a balance. I don't think we can reofficiate every play. There's just two. There's 153, 154 plays in the game. There's there's seven officials. They're making all of them are making decisions before the play, during the play, and after the play. There's thousands of decisions that are being made, and the overwhelming majority are correct. But to reofficiate every play and replay, the game would just it would it would have no flow, no momentum. So I think you've got to find that balance. There's four or five plays in a game that decide a game, and we have to be perfect on those four or five and manage the rest of the game, mitigate mistakes. 
And I think that's kind of that 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 middle ground that that the NFL has to find. And I know people talk about full time refs. I I don't know. Well, tell me the difference. If you're part time uh, referee uh, uh, or you're full time referee, how does that change how you call a game? How accurate you are? How much better are you? I don't I don't know if it it's hard to quantify, right? If the if the officials are ninety five percent accurate now, does making them full time make them ninety eight percent accurate? It's impossible. They're never going to be a hundred percent accurate. They are as full time as they can be during the season, right? Football's different than basketball and baseball and hockey. You don't have multiple games each week. You know, baseball baseball umpires aren't when they're working the games they're assigned, but on their off days during the season, it's not like they're at practice with the with the Dodgers or the Angels and they're and they're and they're practicing their calls at first base or or, or strike ball counts, things like that. So you have to find some things in the offseason for officials to do. You know, I think there's an opportunity there, but just making them full time or calling them full time, I don't think that solves anything. They're still they're still human beings that are officiating a game that is played by tremendous athletes. And you just have to continue to work to get them better, get them on the same page. I'm not saying there aren't opportunities for them to do more, especially in the off season, but I don't know if just calling them full-time is going to make a big difference. And I tell people, if you ever get the opportunity to be on the sidelines of an NFL game and look at a bang-bang play, like the speed is what you know jumps out at you. When we watch on TV, we're like, how could they miss that? Well, when you're on the field and you're going, was that pass interference? It certainly looked like pass interference. Or that couldn't have been pass. It's right in front of you, and I, I still couldn't make a call like that. The speed That's, is what really stands out. It's exactly right. And, and standing on the sideline, and, and there's that disconnect, because you stand on the sideline and you watch that bang-bang play, and you go, how do they ever get anything right? And then you, <laughs> and then you, and then you watch it. Right? How do we get to evaluate? The official gets to see it once, full speed from from their perspective, and we get to evaluate them and critique them from five different slow motion angles. And oh, here's the reverse angle, and here's the low end zone shot. And we go, how did they miss that? And there's that disconnect. And 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 I get it because we're not down on the field, we're not watching the game, but sometimes we're putting the officials in an impossible, an impossible spot because we're evaluating them to a standard that the human being can't reach. Always great to talk to you, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for dumbing, dumbing down this information so I could understand it, Dean. Thank you. You got it, Dan. Take Dean care. Blandino, Fox NFL Rules Analyst, former NFL VP of Officiating. He is working the Chiefs, Patriots, Bills, and the Cowboys game, where he gets to monitor that, and then they go, Dean, what did you see on that play? And then he gets to tell you what he saw. Uh, Dave in South Dakota. Dave, what's on your mind today? Dan, thanks for taking the call. I was, uh, Dean stole a bit of my thunder, but I've been thinking about what that official's life was like for the 10 seconds when that play was unfolding. He throws the flag at the line of scrimmage, and then he watched Kelsey and Tony make this incredible play, and he's the only person on the planet who knows that that play is not going to stand. And if Reed and Mahomes would have expressed that, then that would have bought volumes of goodwill for years going forward. But the fact that they threw this official under the bus like he wanted to stop that play from happening, 
I think it, it knocks it knocks them down, in my opinion, of them for for a lot of years of goodwill. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, Mahomes a hall pass. Thanks for the phone call. I mean, it's it's a one time there, and I know people will say the following. Can you imagine if Tom Brady did that? The internet would explode. Seton brought it up yesterday. That what would people do to Tom Brady if he acted that way? Now, Chiefs fans will say, "Oh, you mean acting like this?" and then show you video clips. It's Mahomes had a meltdown. Um, I think there's mitigating factors there. I don't think he has confidence in his offense. These receivers, maybe his offensive line, they struggled. They struggled the previous week. They don't look invincible. He's great, but I think he's starting to see the uh, mortality of this team. That, all right, we're good, we're competitive, and you're facing the Buffalo Bills. So I think, you know, just the frustration level. And then all you have to do is once you see the tape, once you see, then then that, that's it. Then it's done. And I don't think they ever allowed that to factor in, that it was that egregious. Instead of, oh, you can't call that. It was so bad, they had to call it. That's what, you know, Mahomes and Andy Reid have to understand. Well, they now understand that. They don't want to call it. You're going to make me call that. It's like when there's a holding call. And it's a pivotal moment. Well, if it's that obvious, I got to call it. They don't. I don't think they go into each play going. I uh, can't wait to call something here. I, they don't want to slow down the game. They don't want to be the story. Yes, Eden. I love that Dean Blandino's like the guy who'd make the call doesn't even get to make the announcement. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! I don't even get to get on the microphone. He doesn't even get to make the announcement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, let me take a break. We'll get to more phone calls coming up back after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go... You can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. More phone calls coming up. Tom Verducci in 2020 did one of the only long sit-down interviews for Sports Illustrated with uh, Shohei Otani and uh, had a great summary of exactly what's going on here in the uh, recruitment, the courtship of Shohei Otani. But also there's some tentacles here that uh, you're trying to figure out of how much is he going to get paid deferring this money does baseball say anything about this can baseball say anything about this so why not just have tom verducci on from uh mlb network and fox sports and sports illustrated let me start with the contract here how much is shohei otani getting paid this year and how much money does that affect their salary cap He's getting paid less than Austin Barnes, the backup catcher for the Dodgers. Okay. He's getting paid $2 million a year. That's it. That's how much present day value. That's how much the, the checks are going to add up to this year, 2024. And what he's done is he's taken that number, which is 70 million a year, right? 700 over 10 years, 70 a year. And he's reduced that number in present day value as far as the luxury tax goes, because that's the number that really matters in baseball, to $46.6 million. And what does that do? It puts about $24 million back in the pockets of the Dodgers to spend. So they just signed this guy for $700 million, and they're going ahead and they're negotiating with Yashinobu Yamamoto, the best free agent pitcher coming out of Japan this year. And that number is going to be close to $300 million. And they're also talking to Josh Hader. This is not possible unless Otani takes 97.1% of his money due him and says, just pay me later on, 10 years down the road, with no interest, by the way. Incredible the way he has allowed the Dodgers to have the most expensive player in any sport in history and still be affordable. Has anybody ever done this? Not to this level. The record for the highest percentage, I'm not sure about other sports, in baseball, 50%. And that was Max Scherzer signed a contract with the Nationals, $210 million. $105 million of that was deferred. There might have been some interest attached to that, but 50%. No one else is really close. We've had guys 20%, Mookie Betts, maybe 20-something percent. Uh, so there was nothing like this. And this all was Shohei's idea. He went to his agent, Nesbo Lello, 
and said, listen, what if I defer all my money down the road? They don't have to pay me anything. And he, Nez, looked into the CBA. And first of all, there's no provision about some cap. You can't defer 97% of your money. The only provision is you have to take some money. You can't play for free. Minimum salary next year is 740000 They settled for some reason on $2 million. Um, but that was Shohei's idea. He wanted to go to a team and realize that I'm not hamstringing this team going forward. Like, yeah, you got me, but what do you got around me? There's plenty around him now with the Dodgers. There was, and there will be. Take me back a week ago. Now, I guess everybody's allowed to talk about this, of what <laughs> happened with Shohei Otani. Nobody's going to get penalized. How many teams, and really, was the, who was the second? Who was the runner-up here? It was down to just the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. That was it. It started out as it did its first time he was a free agent when he was leaving Japan. Did not want the East Coast. Did not want the big cities of the East Coast. Did not want weather. That's a big part of it. It, it had to be climate-controlled environment or Southern California, which is what he knows. He is, There's two things Shohei does in life, basically. He plays baseball and he trains for baseball. He doesn't want to be dealing with elements. Blue Jays, of course, they have a dome, retractable dome. It reminded Shohei a lot of the Sapporo Dome where he played with the fighters in Japan. That made a lot of sense. He went and actually saw their training facility and was blown away by it. They just spent a hundred million bucks on a training facility in Florida. So he liked that. Uh, and he's always hit well there in Rogers Center. So they were a legit option. But here's the thing, Dan, the Dodgers have not played a meaningless game in the last 11 years. In the postseason, literally every year. He goes to Toronto, it's been the postseason five times out of the last 11. It's not bad, but it's not the Dodgers. And they don't have a very good farm system. He could be walking into another angel situation with the Jays. So it was never going to be the, the Giants. It doesn't want to play in that ballpark. It's not a great place to hit. You have weather to deal with there. Same thing with Seattle. I know it's a retractable roof, but who knows how good they're going to be. Besides, they weren't even in it. They didn't have the money to do it. Ruled out the Yankees, Red Sox, Mets right away, right away the big spenders. And that's pretty much it. Dodgers and Jays. And I think since he was in high school, when the Dodgers thought they had him signed, this was inevitable. How he got there was a shock. But as far as the money, at how does it get to 700? Like, where were the Blue Jays in this? Did they know what each other's offers were? You don't really know what the particulars are of the offers, but you know the ballpark where it's going. I mean, we thought going in it was going to be a number between five and six, right? And these things generally tend to get higher. And it reminds me when Alex Rodriguez signed with the Rangers way back when he wanted money that was beyond Kevin Garnett at the time, the highest paid athlete. <laughs> I didn't realize that Messi had a contract out there at 674. So it's no surprise it gets a little bit above that. Uh, but obviously, in real term value, it's about 46 a year, which is just slightly above Max Scherzer money. Max Scherzer was a 39 year old pitcher, nice pitcher, but he's not a two way player in his prime like Otani. So you, you knew what it would take to, to get Otani, but he was the one, Otani was the one who presented both to Toronto and to the Dodgers. A ton of this money is going to be deferred because I don't want to hamstring the team. That was his idea. That was going to apply to any team that signed him. Talking to Tom Verducci, MLB Network, Fox Sports Analyst and contributor to uh, Sports Illustrated. Were the Angels ever in this? Not really. I mean, they were because they were the incumbent team, but I, I just think they knew where the number was going and the fact that he hasn't played a playoff game or come within 10 games of the playoffs with the Angels. Uh, they, they, they just couldn't match going in what we knew the Dodgers could put on the table in terms of competitiveness. So, no, I, I don't think they were ever an option. I know people talked about the Braves and they talked about the Angels and the Cubs. 
Dan, those teams were never really options. You make phone calls because it's Shohei Otani. He's a once-in-a-lifetime, if not more, player. So you make calls, you see where it's going. But actual suitors, two. That's it. And we talked about this before the trade deadline. What do you do if you're the Angels? Well, they decided they were going to bring in, you know, players. They were going for it. They were going to try to make the postseason. I wonder if they had made the postseason. Would that have changed anything in this situation with Otani? It would have helped. I'm not sure it would have changed it, um, but it would have helped. I'm not sure if the Angels were ever going to go to this kind of number. I mean, they've gone over the luxury tax threshold, the first threshold, once, and that was essentially a clerical error. They went over by like <laughs> 75 cents. So, no, I, I think the run that he had there was was unbelievable. I mean, they, they packed the place, and I, I get what Artie Moreno was doing. I thought he did the right thing by keeping Otani. I mean, he's – it's like owning a Mona Lisa. George Steinbrenner used to say that about the Yankees. There's only one Otani. You have him there, and the people got to see him for six years. That, that's pretty cool. But I, I think, Dan, what people really have to look at here is there's no hidden agendas. We have become so cynical, right, that it, this is a case where Shohei Otani, and the Dodgers told me this. When they sat down with him, they were blown away by how refreshing he was. Like, he seems even younger than he is. I always tell people the golden age of baseball is when you were 10 years old. So it's always moving. But when you were 10 is when you fell in love with the game. You looked at the game with wonder in your eyes, first-time eyes. Otani has never lost that. He still looks at the game like he's 10 years old. He loves the game of baseball. And I think it's a mark of humility here. And listen, don't get me wrong. He's making $50 million off the field next year, Dan. We don't have to hold a, a telethon for him, right? <laughs> he has endorsements more than anybody else in the game. So he's got that nice backstop. But don't try to read too much into this. We're so used to players going in there and asking for the move. I want luxury suites. I want private planes back and forth to home. He's doing the complete opposite and saying, I'm going to defer all this money later on so we have a competitive team. Take that for what it's worth because Shohei's not that complicated of a guy. What you see is what you get. Baseball going to try to close this loophole? Uh, no, because I think they realize this is a unicorn player with a unicorn contract. There's, this does not apply to anybody else. I, I don't see anybody else saying, take 97% of my money and defer it 10 years down the road without interest. I mean, this is completely legal, if you will. It's in the collective bargaining agreement. There's nothing against it. The Players Association has no problem with this. You just won't find players who are going to do this. So it's not really a loophole. It's not like the Dodgers are trying to pull an end around here. It is what it is. It's an incredible, humble gesture by this guy that, you know, we're always amazed at watching him on the field. And think about this, Dan. His value at $700 million comes from being a two-way player, and that's about it. I mean, you mentioned the story I wrote about him. Very little that we really actually know about Shohei, right? You don't hear him talk that much. He, he's certainly not in your face. He's not about branding or personality. It's really about his playing ability. To me, I find that refreshing, that his value is because he's an incredible two-way player and not about selling himself. What's the downside for the Dodgers? Boy, <laughs> I'm not sure what the down. The downside, I guess, is there might be, if he's going to pitch in 2025, he doesn't get back to that same level of being an ace, which is possible. I mean, this is two Tommy John surgeries in a short window. Um, in the second one, your odds of coming back are not nearly as, as high as they are the first time around. But you know what? They've already talked about if he can't come back and pitch at a high level, or if at all, 
he probably can play the outfield. He's going to be able to throw. I think the question is, can he actually get out there and dominate on the mound? I wouldn't rule it out with this guy. But that's the only risk, that you're paying Otani to be a great two-way player, and maybe that pitching component is not going to be the same from 2025 on. And I wonder what this does, Tom, down the road, 10, 15 years uh, of players who now look at this, because your best player in high school probably was a pitcher and a shortstop, and can you get a team that's willing to allow you to do this? Does, does Otani open the door for this possibility? I think you're right, Dan, that it does open the door. I don't see anybody coming through it. In other words, if you have a really spectacular two-way player, you bring him into your system and you don't try to specialize right away. And you play it out as long as you can. I just don't think that there's going to be another player who can do it at this level. And the only way you do it is if you can max out and be elite at both. Because otherwise, it's a compromise. You become, say, an average pitcher and average hitter. So I don't see another player doing this in our lifetimes at this level. He's Tom Verducci. You can check out his story on Shohei Otani joining the Dodgers on SI.com. Also, MLB Network's new Prime 9 Countdown Series continues tonight with third baseman and shortstops. Uh, thank you, Tom. Great stuff. We appreciate your time as always. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you. Tom Verducci. All right, we'll take a break. We'll get to uh, phone calls. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.